Hello, everyone, and good morning to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Melvin Gaines. We are here now and ready to roll. Uh, the clock moves really fast sometimes in the morning when you're doing multiple things, but we're here and we're ready to have Sunday School. Uh, before we get started with uh, the announcements in Sunday School for today, uh, we have some music. The music is coming from the Mississippi Mass Choir, and it's called I'm Not Tired Yet. And uh, we're going to play an excerpt of this, <laughs> but here it comes right now. Thanks for joining us today, and we appreciate you being here, and we look forward to having you here for Sunday School every Sunday. I'm Not Tired Yet by the Mississippi Mass Amen. Amen. I'm not tired yet. I just woke up. There's time for that later. <laughs> oh, boy. It's true. <laughs> Good morning, Arlen. Good morning, Ronnie. Thank you for joining us this morning. Anne and Larry. Good morning. tired yet. Mississippi Mass Choir. There's something to be said for praise music. Praise music sounds completely different when you have the Spirit of the Lord in your heart and you're just feeling His presence. And that's what really makes the difference. Ronnie, good morning. How are you? My lovely bride, good morning. Beth Green, good morning. I'm not tired yet. Thanks for being here this morning. Might be not tired yet, but there are some folks who are still tired. Hey, thank you. <laughs> Roscoe, good morning. Praise the Lord. Did your horse win yesterday? <laughs> if he did, you should be rich. <laughs> Roscoe and Arella, good morning. Liz, good morning. Liz and Vic, good morning. One day at a time, getting better, getting better. Don't stop praying. Keep 
take your allergy meds today, everybody. The trees are popping out there, especially as the warmer it gets. Amen. If you see me do this, that's my eye. <laughs> that's right. 80 to 1. Greg Neal, good morning. Right on, brother. Running for Jesus, amen. Greg and Caroline, good morning. Amen. Gotta keep running. Got to keep moving. Got to keep moving along. I say, let's enjoy the weather today. 66 degrees for a high, something like that. We'll see how it goes. One of those recordings where the looks like the choir is bigger than the people, the number of people in church. That's how it goes. Amen. There's a lot of people there. All right. That was the Mississippi Mass Choir, and I'm not tired yet. We appreciate very much the music this morning, and uh, as you can see, we're still on the air. <laughs> Thank you for being here this morning. We have a few announcements to make uh, before we get started with Sunday School. Sunday School is going to be um, <clears throat> a little bit more of uh, informational. Uh, there will be Bible verses involved, but uh, it's a topic that we are now going into for the first time to show the continuity, the flow of how God truly did want to see his word preserved and kept in place. And it has to do with uh, the church fathers. The church fathers... Uh, it is a patristic view. Patristic means it's referring back to the original fathers, the people involved with the church, the very first church, and how the word was passed on generation to generation through these individuals who were put in place by the Lord to convey truth, uh, convey his truth. But let's uh, get to some announcements here first before we get into that. <clears throat> the um, Gus, uh, Pastor Gus has a message Available online here following Sunday School. Uh, the message is uh, when it will happen, when will it happen, excuse me, part two. It's a continuation of last week's message. Uh, as you know, we, we got through some of the material, and this, this week we're going to get through a little bit more. And, and probably I think uh, in about another couple of weeks there will be a little bit more of that as well, too. It's a part of the series of, uh, um, we're going to call it the Rapture series, but it's more of a the, the series when Jesus is returning, I think, is the best uh, way to rephrase it at this point because of what we, we, uh, we know. We know that there is going to be a term, uh, time when Jesus returns, and, but we just don't know exactly when that is. So we ask that question, but and hopefully it calls attention to everyone paying attention to the fact that 
We need to be reading the word and studying the word and looking at what Jesus has promised to us. And in the midst of those promises, how Jesus affirms us, affirms our very presence because we believe in him and trust in him. And it's supposed to calm us. It's supposed to reduce our levels of anxiety, especially when we talk about the different things that are happening in the world today. We need to not be anxious. That's what the word calls us to do. Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, with prayers and supplication, uh, to trust the Lord your God. He is the one to, uh, that has our lives in his hands, and that's the way we need to approach it. So I trust that you'll, uh, if you are not going to church today, that you'll stay online here in, with the uh, after Sunday school and, re, and uh, listen to and look at Pastor Gus's message, When Will It Happen, Part 2. There's much to be thankful for, and I think sometimes we just need to always go back and focus on those things to be thankful for. Amen? That's where, what it's all about. Please remember your tithes and offerings. We really appreciate the fact that our church is still doing relatively well considering all of the uh, fragmentation when it comes to church services. We, we have our service in church, which is wonderful, but not everybody can come to church, and not everybody can get to us, so... If you are mailing your tithes and offerings, please do so. Mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. We appreciate you doing that. We appreciate you uh, continuing to provide uh, what's necessary to run the church and run the facility. We really do appreciate all of that. And we thank you for your uh, desire to serve by way of giving. And we thank you again for your prayers. Your support, there's much to be thankful for, like I said before. we It's really about your attitude. You know, when I was reading in Ecclesiastes this morning, uh, Solomon, uh, I appreciate his candor and honesty. You can dwell on what's negative, or you can focus on truth and what's positive. And, you know, sometimes we waste a lot of time when it comes to living, when we dwell on those things that really aren't beneficial or helpful for us. And that's, that's, just, that's the essence of what Solomon writes, in, in if you want to take all of his books and wrap them all up. But at the end of the day, he says what? Fear God and keep his commandments, for that's what's most important for all of us. Uh, and I'm praying that you guys are doing the same thing. Just stay faithful. Remain faithful. Uh, God has never let us down. He does not let us down. We sometimes, we know that people will let us down, absolutely. Um uh, People we come in contact with will let us down, but God has never let us down. He's always been right there for us. He's always been a support. Barbie Mansfield, good morning. Thanks for being here this morning. We appreciate you being here. And we're going to get into this material, and I hope that um, you take it in the spirit of, for those of you who are involved with our church history class a few years back, you'll begin to appreciate some of these things. We're not going to go into any kind of detail like that, but you're going to see how, again, this these church fathers that we're going to talk about today, and we're just going to get started with this because there's a couple of church fathers we'll look at with greater detail today. One you may know and one you may, you may not know, uh, but we'll, we'll get into that right away here. Um, so with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and get started. Oh, you know what? Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Wow. You know, it's like the, clock, the calendar has gone by so fast, and we just were looking at... Uh, People buying uh, Mother's Day cards yesterday, <laughs> basically ransacking the, uh, the the card aisle at Target <laughs> to make sure that they get um, their Mother's Day cards to people locally um, and, and make sure that there is appreciation. But we do want to wish everyone a happy Mother's Day here as well, too. Those mothers 
who are online, those young mothers, those new mothers, and uh, shout out to my, my daughter, Allison. Uh, happy Mother's Day. Uh, uh, I don't know if she'll see this or not, but uh, the bottom line is that we want to recognize all the moms uh, present as well, too. We appreciate you very much for all the hard work that you have to do to raise these kids today. Amen. Because it's really something. Uh, raising children is probably one of the toughest jobs you, that you could ever have. And it's tougher than probably any job that when you go outside uh, and get a job in the workplace, the workforce. Uh, motherhood is especially tough. But we know that it is a God. It, it can be blessed by the Lord as you go go forth and move forward and trust in him as you go. Okay. So let's get into the... Subject matter today, the Church Fathers, the patristic view of the Bible. This is content that is indeed adapted from um, the text, Biblical Inerrancy, the Historical Evidence by Norman Geisler. Uh, this book was uh, written in 2013. It's not too old, so it's got some good information in it. And uh, it is, um, honestly, you can get the book uh, for free uh, if, if, you, if you look for if you search for that. Um, but... Let's go ahead and get into the word. Let's get into the subject matter so that we don't dwell too long. I want to make sure we cover at least the two gentlemen that we're going to cover today. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, we just thank you for the time that you have given us now to sit quietly and hear you speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we, we appreciate the fact that we have the Bible in front of us that we can refer to your word. It is your word, your truth. And Lord, we recognize that uh, without a belief in the Lord Jesus Christ and allowing for the Spirit to work in our lives, the Bible means nothing to us. But we thank you that you indeed, you indeed have given us this word to rely upon, to trust in you, believe in you, have faith in you, pray to you, focus on you, and help us, Lord, to deal with those things in our lives that take away the opportunity for us to have fellowship with you. Lord, help to help us to deal with our sin. Help us to deal with our shortcomings. Bless us, Lord. You know our hearts. You know our minds. You know the desire we have to get before you and want to learn more from you. Help us, Lord, with this, that we do not allow the flesh to overtake us and consume us in such a manner that we're not focusing on you the way we should. We thank you, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, everybody, let's get into the church fathers. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we have to understand that there were different people that God put in place. And, and we, we have to recognize that um, God put these people in place for the purpose of making sure that his word is being passed on. Now, this list that I'm going to be going over for the next week, couple of weeks or so is not all inclusive. Of course, we recognize that... Uh, these are just individuals who were obviously elevated to a certain degree because of their writings and their teachings. But pretty much every person who was involved with a church, the early church at that time, anybody who was in charge of that church who believed in the Lord, and I'm saying this very clearly, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and proclaimed his word, those are the people that we need to honor and give glory for because they are the ones that God had put in place to carry on his message for everyone to understand over generations to generations. Remember what was said in the Old Testament about how the 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 Hebrews, the, the Israelites were the ones that had to pass on the information to generation after generation of people to make sure that the word was being preserved. And God in his wisdom did that. He did that very thing 
um, even in the early church. And so we need to see this. So between the time of Christ, and when I say the time of Christ, meaning his death, burial, resurrection, his time, time on earth, and his ascension, and the reformers, which we are getting to later, that's not even right here. The Reformation stuff comes later here. There are many important teachers in the Christian church. We're going to call them church fathers because that's essentially who they were. That's how we're referring to them. And they believe that the Bible is the infallible rule for faith. It's the infallible word of God, but it's the infallible rule for faith. Because, let's face it, it has to do with how you, as a believer, have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And faith is necessary in that uh, building of the relationship. Um, it is true in all utterances, since it is being given by God himself. So we're trusting that, we believe in that, and that's why it, it's really important that your faith in Jesus Christ has everything to do with how much you're going to go uh, and believe about what the, the Bible being inerrant. It applies to all the historical statements of Scripture as well as the spiritual and moral truths. And there's going to be one person in history we're going to look at about whose name is Origen, O-R-I-G-E-N. We won't be covering him today, but we will be talking about him later on. He had some problems where he kind of allowed a lot of the Platoism to get into his way of thinking. And so that was viewed as heresy uh, later on down the road. So, but we, we call it as we see it, amen? If it doesn't look right, if it's not right, we don't accept it as truth. We make that decision to say so. But these particular fathers I'm going to talk about today, uh, two of them, just for the sake of time, will be beneficial. First, we're going to look at Clement of Rome. Clement of Rome, which... Um, I, I didn't know much about. I had to do some research on him. He was around between the years of A.D. 30 and A.D. 100, which, if you think about that, that's right at the edge of the time when Jesus was present and to a little bit after that. And, of course, during that time when of his lifetime, um, the other disciples were penning their uh, own books for the New Testament, including John which I believe was written around A.D. 90 or so, uh, if I'm not mistaken. That's the, the, the time frame that we're looking at. So he was alive during this time, so he definitely was one of those people. I would say that the baton was passed to him to help make sure that people understood the importance of looking at the word. So he writes about that. Uh, first of all, the origin of Scripture, the words of God. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Jeremiah chapter 9. And let's take a look at verses 23 and 24. He actually writes about this uh, in his letters. He has a letter that he wrote, um, probably close to A.D. 95, called First Clement. Now, we don't know a whole lot about Clement. We, we call him Clement of Rome because we have to distinguish between different Clements that might have been mentioned. There's a Clement referenced in Scripture, by the way. We don't have any way of knowing that this Clement... Uh, that we're talking about here is that same person, so we're not going to make that connection. And uh, more than one source pointed out when I was looking it up, so we can't say that any disciple was mentioning uh, Clement uh, in, in specificity here. So it is something that we, we want to recognize when we look at the writings in Jeremiah. He, he referred to Jeremiah 9, verses 23 and 24. Let's read the passage so we'll have it in front of us. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, 
Let not the rich man boast in his riches. And I'm adding in verse 24, which is it's already in the text here. Uh, but let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. And so Clement, when he wrote his first epistle of Clement to the Corinthian church, by the way, just so you're aware of who he was writing to, that church was in existence, and he was just passing on the fact that it's very important for us to believe that these are the words of God being spoken. This is what he is uttering here in his text uh, about the origin of Scripture, and it just comes directly from God himself. And he also refers to, at the same time, the, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He says, for he himself by the Holy Ghost thus addresses us. And take a look at Psalm 34. Psalm 34, verses 11 through 15. I love making sure, you know, there are going to be points in Scripture where we are making sure that we, we there's definitely an emphasis of God's justice and that he will indeed punish those who are not followers, do not follow him, do not uh, rely upon him. But we also want to emphasize the things that he will do for those who do believe in him and trust in him. And many times you'll see this in Psalms and Proverbs. You'll see this, uh, so-and-so, if you do this, bad things are going to happen to you. But so-and-so, if you trust in him, good things are going to happen to you. And we need to emphasize those important things because sometimes we dwell on those things that are negative. But we need to dwell on those things that are very positive about your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, my lovely bride put something in the notes here about reading on Clement of Rome. Uh, it's excellent. I was going to suggest that everybody who's taking this class or looking at this, you do your own research outside of it. I cannot in any way, shape, or form cover everything in its entirety. Um, I will tell you, though, that uh, something after we go over this passage, Psalm 34, verses 11 through 15. Uh, let's see here. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. Do you hear that? This is the Holy Spirit. He is attributing the Spirit to speaking directly to us with these very words. He's letting us know that the Lord is paying attention. He, uh, There was a passage that I covered this morning in a devotional that refers directly to, it's in Psalm 119, it refers directly to how the Lord um, is everywhere. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, whether it's dark or light, whether you try to hide from him or whether you're present, he is always there. He is always there and recognizes those who are righteous. And so I hope that you understand that and see that for what it truly is. Look carefully into the scriptures which are true to the utterances of the Holy Spirit. That's also from the same text, first epistle to, of Clement to the Corinthians. So just for the sake of discussion here, there's also a second Clement that's attached to first, this first Clement, but it's more of a sermon, but they can't really point to the fact that Clement wasn't even involved in writing it, but they're just kind of uh, inferring that he did. Uh, but we don't. But some people don't believe that he ever wrote it. 
And many Christians, many early Christians thought that Clement um, indeed was, uh, he was considered the fourth pope. Uh, if you consider uh, the, the, the original church, that Peter would have been the first pope, as if in the Catholic Church. But Clement would have been the fourth one. So he was indeed viewed as a leader. And the thing we need to understand, though, is that he had some very important uh, contributions to the church. And that's where we'll, we'll have to leave it, though, because there's just so little information about him. But the, the things that he wrote that we were talking about here that indeed are being attributed to him. The other thing that he wrote that's important about Scripture is about its nature. It is infallible. He basically made that statement. Um, he observed that nothing of an unjust or counterfeit or false character is written in them, in the Scriptures. He is, again, carrying on the word for anybody who's paying attention that Scripture is indeed truth. It is true. It comes directly from the Lord. It comes directly from the printed paper, the words that are printed on paper to us today and now even electronically. Those are indeed the words of God that we need to pay attention to and regard as his teaching, his truth. So that's what we need to see about Clement of Rome. There's much more about Clement of Rome, but we want to avoid... Uh, being boring in this class as much as possible and I do everything I can to do that but what I will say to you is that if you indeed uh, are looking for more information about um, this scholar I'm going to refer to him as a scholar uh, in the church there is information available you can just go and look him up Clement of Rome and you'll have that information another very important person to talk about today and very important person to look at because he's got a lot of material that's really rich, and you can refer back to it. Justin Martyr. Justin Martyr, M-A-R-T-Y-R is the way it's spelled. He was uh, alive approximately from A.D. 100 to A.D. 165. Now, do you see how the, the if you looked at that, remember Clement was approximately A.D. 30 to A.D. 100. Now, here's Justin Martyr from 100 to 165. Another passing of the baton from one person to another to continue to convey truth. I mean, Justin Martyr, though, was a very, very mighty uh, church father. He got into a lot of information here. And what he... He is, um, in many ways, if you're looking at early Christians and their writings, he might be one of the more favorite ones because he got really deep into it. He was very well-traveled. He uh, did write in Corinth. He did go to Greece. He lived in Rome, but he did travel around, so he got around a little bit. So his writings express wide Christian opinion, not just his own. That's the, the challenge that a lot of people have today. When we write about Christianity, when we write about books on Christianity, sometimes you have to worry about opinion getting in. And that was the problem with Origen. That's what I was going to refer to later on. We won't be doing him today. But a lot of opinion got in there, and it's not about opinion if you're talking about biblical inerrancy, we need to make sure that we're speaking truth based upon what we understand. So, but even with that, and this is true for most people in the church, even though he was a very powerful writer, he still had people who disagreed with him. Now, understand something. Disagreement uh, on its surface is healthy from the standpoint that it allows people, hopefully, if the spirit is involved in this disagreement or if you're not understanding what's going on, that you seek the scriptures yourself. You be that Berean and you go back and look at the scriptures again because how does the Spirit really speak to us and give us wisdom and knowledge as we read his word? 
we have to be in the word to do so. We can't really receive the full um, complement of God's wisdom and knowledge without being in the word and, tre- and testing the word out to see that it's true. Now, some disagreement was indeed just to cause dissension and mistrust in the church. But we need to understand that uh, there are some things that are worth agreeing about and worth things that are not worth agreeing about. But when it comes down to God's truth, his word is truth, and we either going to believe it or we're not going to believe it. And that's really what it comes down to. So Mart- Justin Martyr had a philosophy background. His training moved him to commit to long passages of scripture to memory. He was down-to-earth, forthright, and he is attributed during the second century um, of getting people to do Sunday morning gathering, which is something that uh, I had forgotten about. It's something that indeed is attributed to him. Why do we go to church on Sundays? Because if you recall, you know, some people, you know, the Sabbath is celebrated in the Jewish tradition, usually Friday evening through, um, uh, and through Saturday morning, or Saturday through the day of Saturday. Uh, but Sunday is the day that we attribute to worship. And the reason that he attributes this thing about uh, meeting on Sundays, uh, he was talking about this during a, a particular baptism service. He was mentioning how uh, Sunday is the day which we hold our common assembly because it is the first day on which God, having wrought a change in the darkness and matter, made the world. Jesus Christ, our Savior, on the same day, rose from the dead. For he was crucified on the day before that of Saturn, which is the day before Saturday, and on the day after that of Saturn, which is the day of Sunday. He referred to Saturday as Saturn back then. And that's what we that's why he was giving the fact that we should be worshiping on Sunday, because that's the day we're attributing the first day of being Sunday, the, the day the Lord created the earth. It's according to his writings and teachings, and also the day that Jesus rose from the dead uh, after he was uh, uh, persecuted, uh, put on the cross, died for our sins, and he rose on an Easter Sunday. That's the way we look at it. So that's where he attributed that. But I don't want to focus on that too much. Let's get into some of these words about the origin of Scripture that he referred to. Justin Marty, you'll spend a lot of time on him if you do studying on your own, just so you're aware of that. First of all, words of God. This is in his text, The First Apology. Um, but when you hear the utterances of the prophets spoken as it were personally, personally, you must not suppose that they are spoken by the inspired men themselves, but by the divine word who moves them. There he is. He's giving credit to the Lord Jesus Christ uh, as far as the words and where they're coming from. We must not suppose that the language proceeds from the men who are inspired, but from the divine word which moves them. Amen. Their work is to announce that which the Holy Spirit, descending upon him, them, purposes through them to teach those who wish to learn the true religion. Learn the truth. Amen? It's not just the men who are inspired, but it's by God's words that they are inspired. And these words are being conveyed to us through the truth in Scripture. Uh, all Scripture is God-breathed. 2 Timothy 3.16 uh, it's, it's something that we'll go to Second Timothy three sixteen. Just as a reminder, um, we've we've covered this verse more than once, but I think this is a great uh, memory verse. Honestly, if you want to just come back to it and look at it over and over again and understand that um, Timothy, when he put this together, is letting us know that all Scripture is God breathed is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, 
for correction and for training in righteousness. And that's what we need to understand here. The word is truth, and it has a purpose. The purpose is for us to give us direction. Give us a direction. Making sure that we're doing what's necessary when it comes to teaching the word. Making sure that we're, uh, making sure that we're testing it against things that we see. Uh, if we need correction, where do we go for correction? Do we do it based upon our own uh, human instincts, or do we go back and look at what God's word says? And what's the proper course of correction within the church? It's written there. It's provided there, and we need to go back and look at those things. How often have we seen? situations where people go off the rails and decide to do things on their own without following procedure or process. We see this a lot. Um, There's a reason why we're a nation of laws, and there's a reason why we're a nation that has moral laws, honestly, but often we will see people will choose to disregard those laws and break them, and we need to recognize that Scripture is the guideline for us that we need to go back to and look at where does this come from. It comes directly from God. He's giving us tools for us to be able to be successful in our Christian lives. Justin Martyr also writes about, To him, Moses did communicate that divine and prophetic gift, and then after him the rest of the prophets. That These we assert to have been our teachers who use nothing from their own human conception, but from the gift vushaved to them by God alone. Vushaved, gifted. That's a, a fancy way of saying the gift was given to them by God alone. I know I'm not even going to repeat that word because it's it's too involved and you'll never find, you'll never see it. Vushaved. I know, right? That's <laughs> um, it was given to them by God alone. That's from Justin's oratory or, oration to the Greeks. So he did speak to a number of people, gave a number of people this information. Speaking to the Greeks, that's a very, very important um, way of recognizing it. He also emphasizes how the word, the origin of Scripture, was conveyed through humans. Of course it was conveyed through humans. We, we, um, we, only, we, we, we really know that G, uh, Moses had a direct encounter with God on the mountain when the, the Ten Commandments were provided to him on tablets. But after that, it had to be all conveyed, information was being conveyed from the Lord through people, through human beings. Justin Martyr says, For neither by nature nor by human conception is it possible for men to know the things so great and divine, but the gift which then descended from above upon the holy men who had no need of rhetorical art nor of uttering anything in a contentious or quarrelsome manner, but to present themselves pure to the energy of the divine spirit in order that the divine plectrum itself descending from heaven and using righteous men as an instrument like a harp or a lyra might reveal to us a knowledge of things divine and heavenly i love his writing wherefore as if one as if with one mouth and one tongue they have in succession and in harmony with one another taught us both concerning god and the creation of the world the formation of man and concerning the immorality of the human soul and judgment which is to be after this life and concerning all things which it is needful for us to know and thus in divers times and places have afforded us the divine instruction. That's also from the uh, oration to the Greeks. 
Um, same page. One of the longest sentences you'll ever read. <laughs> but that's exactly what he was conveying. So many truths in that sentence. But, uh, just as a recap, the creation of the world, the formation of man, the immorality of the human soul, the fact that we need a savior. Amen. I mean, that's what he is telling us. The, the judgment which is to be after this life and concerning all things which is needful, needful for us to know, he gave us this divine instruction. It was conveyed through human beings. It was provided for us. And he, he's saying it's all being done in succession. It's in harmony. Harmony. I love that. All, everybody who's conveying truth, God's truth, we are acting in concert and we are in harmony. We are speaking the same truths that other people speak at the same time. It's really important for us to understand how critical, critical it is for all people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ to be in fellowship at a church or in a place where the word is being taught and the word is and the truth is being shared. There are too many churches today that just are not doing that. And all we're doing as believers, if we wind up going to a church where that's not happening, you're wasting your time and you're hurting yourself. Amen. You're hurting yourself. You're not helping yourself. Justin Martyr also talked about the nature of Scripture, inspired in written form. Um, Moses wrote in the Hebrew characters by the divine inspiration. Moses had a one-on-one -on -one connection with God. Uh, it was very clear, and that's something that was taking place at that time as well, too. And it was inspired in spoken form. And the Holy Spirit of prophecy taught us this, telling us by Moses that God spoke thus. Um, those were from pages 12 and 44 about the nature of Scripture. So Justin Martyr was also making the same statement, the very important statement about how indeed Scripture is uh, divinely appointed. It is given to us directly by the Lord uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why we always talk about and use the terminology about in the power of the Spirit, in the power of the Spirit. You've heard that many times, right? Our prayers go directly to the Lord, but who is living amongst us or inside of us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ? It's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit goes to and fro and touches the lives of individuals who believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Many people get saved every day, and many people, uh, even though the Spirit... Uh, will nudge them. They won't acknowledge him. They won't believe. They don't believe. They don't want to trust in the word. They would rather just move about their lives, go about their lives on their own and not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the tragic part of it all, too. Um, we know there's going to come a place or time where the Lord's going to say that's enough. And that's what's going to happen uh, for those individuals who fail to trust in the Lord. I think a good way to close up uh, the class today is to go back into some uh, passages that remind us of the the beauty of Scripture, how Scripture is indeed divinely uh, put forth. And so these church fathers were carried that information on. So we covered Clement of Rome today and Justin Martyr, and we will cover some more of this as we go forward in the study. We have to talk about these individuals for the purposes of understanding the continuity, the flow of how God made sure that people, that leaders leaders who were appointed by God to come forth and speak truth. Uh, you, you're going to love looking at Justin Martyr as well as Clement of Rome on your own. I strongly encourage that. But let's get, let's get into the word a little bit here. Go to Psalm 12, and let's just go ahead and convey some additional truths here. 
Psalm 12, verses, verse 6. Psalm 12, verse 6. We need to understand when we look at the different passages that we read in Scripture to supplement what uh, Clement of Rome was saying and Justin Martyr was saying, that there's Scriptures are full of different verses that affirm that God is speaking to us. Psalm 12, verse 6 says, The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. Amen. These words are pure. Have you ever considered that the words are so valuable? I'm not talking about if they, they have a greater value than money. I think there was another passage that I saw where it's like the, if they're greater than the most expensive perfume that's out there. Because you have to understand, back in that time, perfume uh, was very expensive and it had a value. And it was a, if it was a, the most expensive perfume you can buy then we had to be able to compare it to something, the word, and saying it's more valuable than the most expensive perfume. It's something that we, we can't live without it. Amen? Can we live without God's word? Can we really function in such a manner where we're serving the Lord and uh, denying his truth? We really can't. We can't really live in that manner. Flip over to Psalm 19, verse 7. Psalm 19, verse 7. And I won't, I won't, if you want to keep reading in Psalm 19, you can, but let's just use verse 7. Psalm 19, verse 7. I like the words, remember, remember, we, what do we say? The Lord's of the word are pure words in Psalm 12. Now the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. He reveals things to us. Now these are the same verses that were available to Justin, Martyr, and, and Clement of Rome. Um, uh, we, we have to understand that they're reading these same passages. They see these same truths. They, we see them, and they see them. We need to recognize that these things are indeed uh, of value to us. I'm going to ask you to go back now to Psalm 18. The Psalms are, are rich passages to look at for the purposes of understanding what's going on here. Psalm 18, verse 30 and 31. Psalm, 30 and 30, uh, Psalm 18, verses 30 and 31. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? I love that rock statement. We call Jesus Christ our firm foundation. Amen. There's no accidents in Scripture, everybody. Let's, let's be very clear about this. There's no accidents. There's no happenstance. There's no freak occurrences. Oh, you mean it says that over there and it says in another passage over here when Jesus was speaking? Of course it does. It's... Because Jesus many times quoted from the Old Testament when he uh, was speaking to the, the people around him. He was referring back to the original law. He was talking about the same thing. So there's, there's no accidents here. These are all matters of truth, and we need to recognize it for what it truly is. And Psalm 19, 
9. This was actually, I didn't cover this when I was in Psalm. Uh, we read verse 7, Psalm 19.9. And these are all Psalms I covered today. Isn't that something? Um, Psalm 19.9. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. This is from the ESV version, by the way. Enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Amen. These passages I just took the time to read to you should be really inspiring to you about the goodness of God. Really inspiring to you about the fact that he took the time to make sure that we had his word before us. To be able to live in such a manner where we're honoring and glorifying him. He wants us to live an abundant life he wants us to believe that his word is truth above everything else. There are all kinds of people out there who will lie. Of course, Satan is the liar and the father of lies. But there are all kinds of people out there who will lie about God's goodness, lie about who God truly is, and say that, why pay attention to him? Don't pay attention to him at all. You know, They'll try to equate God to that man behind the curtain in The Wizard of Oz or something. Don't pay attention to him. No need to look at him. Uh, look at all these other things. Look at these other shiny objects out here. Look at these other things that can detract us from truly believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm very thankful for those for God's sovereignty and God's presence to make sure that these these church fathers continue to convey His truth in spite of opposition. In spite of opposition, remember, not everybody bought into this, or not everybody believed it. Uh, not every I shouldn't say bought into it. They not everybody really wanted to believe what was being said because remember we had a lot of people who were kind of stuck in the mud when it came to the the believing in the old law and believing that they had to make sure that they were doing those things that would be more ritualistic in following the Lord. Yeah, they weren't passive in their difference. That's right, exactly. They were, they were very hostile. They they did not want people to to learn. This hostility that was experienced back then is the same hostility we can face today. There is going to be a time when people are going to be persecuted very severely for their belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. Everywhere, Everywhere all over the world. I mean, that's going to happen. It's, 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 it, well, it's happening now, um, and it's going to continue to happen. And, but, you know, we always worry about when is it going to happen on our shores. Well, let me, let me tell you something. It's happening right now on our shores, okay? Um, there are different people who are being persecuted understand something and this is in no way a political statement but this whole battle about uh, abortion versus um, pro-life uh, it's not political uh, this is a spiritual battle uh, you need to understand that and, and and make sure that you're recognizing it for what it truly is uh, I think a lot of people get caught up and get misguided you know they tried to you know uh, tie a lot of things that were being said back in the early church and make it a political thing well, it's not a political thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's a thing about uh, making sure that we are arming ourselves and making sure that we are going as deep as we can into our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm inspired with an upcoming message next week to talk about the importance of our maturity as believers with our prayers and petitions before the Lord. We need to really get smart about our faith and make sure that we are living in such a manner where we, we will not allow ourselves to be compromised under any circumstances when it comes to God's truth. That's the thing that we need to see and understand here. I hope that you can get this in this study 
I hope that you can see what the church fathers were doing, and I hope that you can accept the challenge that our faith, we will stand that the Bible isn't on the fact that the Bible is inerrant because of our level of faith. When we lack faith, when we don't trust in the Lord, that's when we're going to falter. That's when we're going to stumble. I, I trust that you recognize this for what it is. We'll stop here today, and we will pick up next week with a little bit more discussion about our church fathers and what they held dear and the fact that they are just conveying over and over again to the people that they come across the truth of God's word, the importance of understanding that God's word is truth. That's the passages we read just now and saw in the Psalms as well, too. That indeed the Holy Spirit, uh, this information was being conveyed by God through human beings to convey this truth written on paper, written on parchment, written wherever it is that they have it. And this truth is being conveyed today, uh, both written, written word and also electronically. Blessings to everybody who understands the truth. Everyone who decides to accept and acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, he is the Lord of our lives, and I pray that you will see that too as you move forward. Let's continue to mature in our faith, amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're teaching us and what you're doing for us. We thank you for those people you put in place in, our, in history to help us to get to the place where we are today. And those people who are speaking in harmony even today, those people who are speaking as pastors like Pastor Gus, and, you know, people we even see on television who speak truth. Um, we thank you, Lord, for those individuals. They are speaking in harmony. They are speaking in concert. They are speaking about your truth. Trusting in you, Lord, in all things that we do, all things that we continue to do as we learn more about you, learn more of you, trust more in you, and believe in you so that no one can shake our faith. We thank you for your teaching and we thank you for your truth. Bless us, O oh Lord, as we move forward and we just rely upon you, knowing that the word you speak is indeed truth and the words that you have spoken. There are many prophetic words that still have yet to be fulfilled, and yet you will see to it that they are indeed fulfilled. And we give you praise and thanks for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed it. We look forward to having you next week uh, where we have a little bit more about the church fathers and how important it is for us to understand that these people were put in place by God to convey God's truth. Amen. Take care of yourselves. God bless you all. And we will see you next time.